Hello and welcome to Wrestling with Mark, a Lenten offering from St. James the Less Episcopal for Lent 2021. All right, let's do chapter three. Harrison, you want to take our first reading? Yes. Jesus returned to the synagogue. A man with a withered hand was there wanting to bring charges, wanting to bring charges against Jesus. They were watching Jesus closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. He said to the man with the withered hand, step up where people can see you. Then he said to them, Is it legal on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they said nothing. Jesus, looking around at them with anger, deeply grieved at their unyielding hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And so he did, and his hand was made healthy. At that, the Pharisees got together with supporters of Herod to plan how to destroy Jesus. Jesus left with his disciples and went to the lake. A large crowd followed him because they had heard what he was doing. They were from Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, beyond the Jordan, in the area surrounding Tyre and Sidon. Jesus told his disciples to get into a small boat to get a small boat ready for him so that the crowd wouldn't crush him. He had healed so many people that everyone who was sick pushed around, pushed forward so that they could touch him. Whenever the evil spirits saw him, they fell down at his feet shouting, you are God's son. But he strictly ordered them not to reveal who he was. Mm. Once again, that dichotomy of the religious rigid those old wineskins versus, you know, he goes out, he gets out of the traditional religion. He leaves the synagogue, goes to a field and people can't stay away. And the people who are in the religious institution are the first to condemn, you know, they're looking for a way to hunt him down. Yeah. Well, and that that's what strikes me is how 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 rigid um, that that you're following the law by the letter of the law, and that there is um, and and you really don't even see or care about what's in front of you. Um, it's uh, I it, it's instructive in present day life as always as well. But this is also beginning when they feel, I, I think, in, in this story is that there's now enough, enough of the scribes and the, and, the, and the Pharisees have decided that they've got enough now to go do something about this upstart person. One of the things that I find helpful in reading a passage um, in the Gospels is um, is that all of the peripheral people that Jesus interacts with um, are representative, and 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 I can 
and I can be any one of those people. Um, um, so in this situation, um, you know, I can be the person that comes to Jesus because I need healing. But there are times in my life when I can be the person that is critical and blind to the truth of what's happening. Like I'm trying to picture the the Pharisees have this religious belief. Um, and here is somebody that challenges that belief and does a miracle, a healing right in front of them. And they've got a choice. Do I believe that this guy is speaking from God and I need to change my beliefs about God because he did a miracle? Mm -hmm. Or do I hold on to my beliefs and simply deny that this miracle happened or that it was God doing it? Right. Um, and they held on to their beliefs. Um, they were threatened. Their sort of equilibrium was, their worldview was threatened by this new reality that they were seeing in front of their eyes. And they clung to the old. Um, and I think that's something that we do. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, in some ways we can see that playing out in our politics. Um, people are, you know, have a have an ideology that um, is stronger than reality. And I just maybe we don't want to go down that road, but um, but that's what jumps out at me at this story. Um, it's a it's a it reveals something pretty deep about human nature. Mm -hmm. Basically, being challenged on whatever your belief system is or whatever creed or whatever law you follow as soon as someone challenges it the maybe instinctively for most of us is to defend it and to really set our feet in rather than saying well maybe i need to listen to this what's this point of view um but absolutely basically turning to stone um and not and not and not listening I think um, I think of it as I connect it to idolatry. Um, we can make religious institutions idols. Um, they may begin as sort of a real revelation of God, but we make the institution we build around it essentially God, and we we. We can see that in this story. The, the Pharisees were holding their belief structures and practices ahead of God. Um, so when God really showed up, they, they stuck with the structure, the idol, instead of recognizing God himself. Um, and I think we need to we all 
maybe do that in some way or another, um, in small ways, hopefully, and not as sort of hardened as the Pharisees were. But um, that's all. Yeah. The image that just came to mind, Harrison, um, and I'll say the most moving moment that in the time I've spent at St. James the Last is when the Archbishop came. Hmm. Um, and remember, we were trying to serve the Eucharist <laughs> and the, the snaking of the people back and forth in the line to be blessed by the Archbishop blocked the Eucharist that was going on. Um, and I remember standing behind the altar with you, smiling. I was teared up. It was the most beautiful thing where <laughs> what was happening in the moment superseded what was supposed to be happening in the moment, you know, people coming through to be to receive the Eucharist. Um, and Archbishop Daniel, you know, looking each person in the eye and taking the time with them that people just couldn't get through. You know, and, and uh, to, to be blessed. Now, with, he was the religious institution. He's an archbishop for crying out loud of the 11 in the world. And, you know, but in that moment, that was the Holy Spirit breaking through. And if you remember at the lunch that day, he said, you know, the Holy Spirit is in your church. Hmm. Um, and boy, that was, uh, um, I wish it could be like that every Sunday. But uh, <laughs> I don't think we could live with ourselves. I was so uh, buoyant for days after that, yeah. But this theme of authority and the baptism of the Spirit and uh, just keeps coming out. Yeah. Ah, starting with verse 13. Jesus went up on a mountain and called those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12 and called them apostles. He appointed them to be with him, to be sent out to preach, and to have authority to throw out demons. He appointed 12, Peter, a name he gave Simon, James and John, Zebedee's sons, who he nicknamed Boandries, which means sons of thunder, and Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Alphaeus' son, and that's who we often point to as James the Last, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus. Jesus entered a house, and a crowd gathered again so that it was impossible for him to and his followers even to eat. When his family heard what was happening, they came to take control of him. They were saying, he's out of his mind. What? I've never seen that verse before. Yeah, we don't talk about that one a lot. Um, often it's described, as, the usual translation is he is beside himself. Okay. Um, but you have this juxtaposition there. Once again, um, Mark is very structured um, this way. You have these people who are being sent out and chosen, and he's selecting his family. And then you have the rejection of his family immediately 
following that. Um, there's a reason I pulled those two verses up at, uh, with that passage so that we could see that juxtaposition so clearly. Um, and, you know, the, uh, in other translations, or not other translations, in other gospels, um, you know, Jesus has that question. Who is my family? Those who follow um, God are my family. You know, that he, he he's even more explicit in how he describes it. Um, but even his his mother's and his brothers and sisters' expectations of him were that he was not going to be this way. Um, that even they had preconceived notions of what he should do and how he should do it. I think of uh, the passage from John and the wedding at Cana. You know, son, just, you know, help him with the wine. Mom, it's not my time yet. <laughs> Go on, son. She ignores him and says, yeah, just do what he says. <laughs> and being a good Jewish boy, like, like a good Southern boy, does what mama tells him to do. And, you know, yeah. Can I jump back to the yeah, yeah. of Jesus standing in the boat, speaking to the people on land? Um, I've never really seen this before, um, but I think of um, the the scene of the beginning of creation, where the Spirit of God brooded over the face of the waters, and God spoke and called forth creation. All right, it's Rock. sort of reminiscent, wrestling with that, that blasphemy that against the Holy Spirit. Jesus' presence. He's in the Spirit brooding hours over, I spent on this. Over <laughs> Earlier in Israel. my life. Um, I am not I, Jesus is question. calling forth the kingdom <laughs> Thank of God. You, Harrison. <laughs> it's, well, in light of what we've like, already read um, today. Um, it just feels like there's a new you know, creation we, happening. I'm going to use your words it's here. Sort of an, as we focus on that baptism by the Holy Spirit. feels very similar um, and connected. Um, you know, repeatedly we um, see And you that, can see it um, having two calling either to in his disciples and handing this work to, to not them, open to that. You know, um, or the people for it's, whom it's, it's not just new, my work, who are Jesus saying anymore, but... And you've got these folks we're doing this, who are coming in a, from Jerusalem. A group that is now this spreading this kingdom. This is out going, of control. And being commissioned to build it. And whose control? Mm-hmm. Their control. A new creation you know, on and, the earth. And that um, rigidity um, of who, uh, well, letting God order God out of chaos. And us following God is looking at a, a, you know, people who were here. He's looking um, at a circle, see themselves um, as wandering him down it sounds yeah, horrible, wild um, desert people, especially in water uh, is always Jewish chaos. context. You can't denounce his mother and, so, and his brothers and sisters being saying the people from, who do God's will, especially are my water. Mother. You know, Matthew does it on a mountain, Luke does it on a um, on a boat, like here. And these people who are open that, to the um, spirit, that proclamation, um, that charisma, are the people um, who are my family sent out in the family order out of the chaos. Yeah. I mean, um, we, we forget you know, how radical seven Jesus days, is. which is a number and of this really, and he's so Here count, 12 counter disciples, culturally at this point, completion. rejecting um, both the religious um, authority, all we need is the societal, got, familial authority. <laughs> we got them all, um, seven, twelve, and forty, and how he approaches this. And um, I've never really thought of it this way until uh, well, as we're Jesus reading it did today, the forty in the wilderness. That, um, yeah, because he got here. 
um, insults. The but Holy notice Spirit. that he was sent and out think, to the desert, you know, just like saying the, that it's not the Holy Spirit at work. Um, children of Israel, you know, you're um, rejecting. Your rigidity mm -hmm. is what damns you. That was their proving mm -hmm. time as well. Yeah. Okay. And that's how I'm reading it today. Ask me tomorrow. I'll probably. Say, <laughs> I might anything else on the calling of the twelve or um, the family? I wouldn't be worried about insulting or um, uh, blaspheming the Holy Spirit. You think they had um, any idea what they were getting the fixation, into? Because that's rigidity. Any of us? I would say no. let's be open to the Spirit. Let's be open to that baptism of the Spirit. That's what if we, we did. We wouldn't do what it. God is doing. Not how to upset what God is doing. If we're doing what I God think is there's doing, a reason God only shows us Christ one step at a time. Mother and sister and brothers. Um, let's look at the positive side of it. Rather, no kidding. Because it's so easy to look on the thou shalt not. We wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. And then we no. become rigid again. No. Which I think is he's telling us to avoid. Well, Neil, you want to wrap up chapter three for us and call by today? We'll do it. This is starting with verse 22. The legal experts came down from Jerusalem. Over and over they charged. He's possessed um, by Beelzebub. Hearing as we have this conversation and the read it, um, of the ruler of demons. There's this wonderful when Jesus sort of called presence them together. The Holy he spoke Spirit to them in a parable that permeates How all of these Satan passages. Satan um, out? That a I've never really involved in civil war will collapse. I'm seeing it in a new light. And a house um, torn apart. Um, a host torn apart by divisions will collapse. Um, if Satan rebels against himself and is divided, the Holy Spirit then he is can't endure. Enlivening these church practices no one gets in a way into the that the of a strong person and the Jews weren't used to. Without first the the non-strong person, sort of Jewish elite, be were just drawn to. I assure to, you that um, human beings so will be forgiven because, for everything, um, for all sins and liberating insults of and every it was enlivening kind. But whoever and insults the um, Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. What they were getting in that synagogues, I guess, was more that last legal forever. and condemning. He said this um, because the legal experts um, were saying he's possessed by an evil spirit. As His for mother and brothers insulting arrived, the Holy Spirit, they stood outside and sent word to him, that. calling for him. A crowd was seated around him, and those sent to him said, "Look, your mother, brothers, and God. sisters um, are outside looking for you." He replied, "The only thing I come up my with, um, who are my I'm brothers?" Not sure really explains it. Looking is, around um, at those seated around I think of the him Holy Spirit in a circle, as he said, being, "Look." Um, here are so my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my the brother. The Holy Spirit, I am rejecting, mother. in a sense, my very own being, my essential being. And without that, um, um, I reject myself. And so I condemn myself in a way that it's not that God rejects me, it's I have condemned myself in a way that I cannot get out of. Um, um, don't ask me to explain that again. <laughs> it's not God condemning us. We've condemned ourselves by not being open to the constant prompting of God to open ourselves to God's self. The only way we can get beyond God's forgiveness is by putting ourselves beyond it. God's forgiveness goes as far as to everything.
but we can place ourselves outside of that if we choose to, because God made us able to choose. So rejecting the Holy Spirit means that we do just that. Um, it's not that God condemns us, it's we've condemned ourselves. Um, that's kind of where I go with it. God help us from doing that. And I believe God constantly does <laughs> and drives us as far as God can. We are here because God has helped us, yes. Any last thoughts, Neil? Um, I think only in, in this passage for me, it's just that uh, it feels like uh, a breath of, of fresh air um, that, that these words, um, it, Jesus is bringing in an aliveness and, and a, a fluidity and an openness um, that had not been present before um, in, in Jewish scripture. And that, that there's a flow and an energy um, that is, is, is just wonderful. It certainly has come alive for me. Well, friends, this has been a great conversation. Neil, we appreciate you being with us as we get this thing kicked off. Thank you, Rock. Thank you so much, both of you. Thank you. And this is uh, the first week of Lent, so uh, we'll keep driving ourselves towards Jerusalem as uh, Lent goes further. And uh, uh, next week we'll be uh, diving into chapters four, five, and six. Um, but uh, we sure do appreciate it. And I, I sure do appreciate both of you. This is always fun. Thank you, Rock, for putting this together. And I think it's a wonderful idea. And I look forward to next week. Terrific. Thank you. Thanks, Neil. Thank you for joining with us. God's blessings, all materials, copyright, St. James the Less Episcopal Church, 2021.